the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Friends, we worship a God of grace. Let us not forget this. We worship a God of grace and kindness who loves the sinner because he doesn't look at us as sinners. He looks at us as his children to be saved. Well, that is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. This is Reaching Your Heart. Today, we bring you the first portion of Potiphar's Wife and Not Joseph. Today's Reaching Your Heart. You know, here at Reaching Your Heart, we do believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The worship service is held every Saturday at 11 o'clock, and you are always welcome. You can also catch it at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. I'll have more details on that at the close of our broadcast here today. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko with Potiphar's Wife and Not Joseph. Today's Reaching Your Heart. Let's pray. Dear Father God, we are so grateful for the life of Joseph. Here is an example of faith and consistency that we should strive for in our own personal lives. As Peggy Noonan has said, character was king in the past with certain presidents. But Lord, no president of this country can equal the sterling dignity of the life of Joseph. Help us to learn from his life, Father, to see the marvelous power of God to work in our lives also. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in a series on the life of Joseph. I have never preached a series on the life of Joseph. Can you believe it? I've been here 20 years at Reaching Hearts. Never, ever preach a series on the life of Joseph. But I am enjoying this series. I am in no hurry because, boy, is there good stuff there. The title of the message today is Potiphar's Wife and Not Joseph. And the not is in all bold letters, capital N-O-T. Potiphar's Wife and Not Joseph. There is a derogatory term used these days for older women who marry or seduce younger men. They're often called cougars. You ever heard that term cougar? I feel a little nervous even using it because it can be taken wrong, and I'm not here to offend. I don't know where the term came from, but it is stuck in our culture and vernacular, so it's here to stay. There are cougars out there. When I think of Potiphar's wife and Joseph in the book of Genesis, it is easy to see Potiphar's wife very negatively without thinking about Potiphar very much. How many of you, when you read the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife, you just can't stand Potiphar's wife for doing this? It's as if there's no context to the story. She's just going after him. Doesn't it appear that way? However, the story of Potiphar's wife is just as much the story of Potiphar who had a huge problem, as the Bible suggests. And that problem, no doubt, affected his wife every single day of her life. If you don't read the Hebrew text clearly, you don't catch the nuance. 
Take your Bibles and turn with me to Genesis 37, verse 36. Let's launch right in. I'd like to read this verse in three modern translations to show you how the translators prefer to translate the title for Potiphar. The New American Standard will begin with Genesis 37, 36. The Bible says, Meanwhile, the Midianites sold him, that's Joseph, in Egypt to Potiphar, Pharaoh's officer, the captain of the bodyguard. Here the title is Pharaoh's officer. The New King James Version Same verse. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. The Revised Standard Version, Genesis 37, 36. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him into Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. Now why did I do that? Just to anchor the point that modern translations see his title consistently. In all three of these translations, the title given to Potiphar is Pharaoh's officer or an officer of Pharaoh. And so we think that is all there is to it when we read our English Bible. Now, the ancient Jewish rabbis read Hebrew. They didn't read English. And the Hebrew here is alive. The Hebrew word translated officer in all three of these translations is the word saris, and it literally means eunuch. That's what the word means. It is the same word used seven times in Daniel 1, translated eunuch. Daniel was made a eunuch in Babylon, and so there is no mention of Daniel's wife or children in the Bible. The same word saris is used in Isaiah 39, 7, Isaiah 56, 3, and 4. Let's just look at those real briefly. Turn to Isaiah 39, verse 7. And Isaiah is speaking here in behalf of God and some of your own sons who are born to you shall be taken away and they shall be, how does it read in your Bible translation right there? What does it say? Eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. That's the same word we see back in Genesis 37, verse 36. Now look at Isaiah 56, 3 and 5. Again, the word saris is used. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord says, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, same word as what we see in Genesis. Behold, I'm a dry tree. Now why would a eunuch be a dry tree? Because he can't have children. He's like a tree dried up, can't have fruit in his life. Verse 4, for thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, same word as in Genesis, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name which shall not be cut off. So eunuchs cannot have sons and daughters. This we understand. Unless God works a miracle in that person's life. For a eunuch to have an everlasting name, they have to live forever if they have no children. But in a practical situation, if you're a eunuch and you have children, you have to adopt your children. And so a eunuch could adopt children. It looks like Joseph had been headed for that role in his relationship with Potiphar because Potiphar had put him over all his house. It would have been a natural thing to bring Joseph into the role of a son. Julius Caesar did the same thing with Augustus Caesar. He adopted him. Then Augustus Caesar became the rule of the world. It was often a custom in ancient kingdoms That when an officer rose to a high rank in close proximity to the king near his harem of beautiful wives, that the officer was made a eunuch so the king would not have children, there would be no risk of scandal in the empire. So it was a high honor to become a eunuch if you were that close to the king. 
There's a heavy strain of rabbinical agreement among the ancient Jewish rabbis that Potiphar was, in fact, a eunuch. I'm not inventing this. They read the text as I am sharing it with you, and in pretty much consensus in the ancient Jewish world that he was a eunuch. If you take the Hebrew as it reads, that is the most natural translation of the text. But again, our modern translators veer away from it. And yet the translators, as I said, have a hard time going there. Why? Because they know that Potiphar had a wife. And you would think that eunuchs couldn't have wives, correct? I believe that this explains rather dramatically why Potiphar's wife cast her eyes on Joseph. She was a trophy wife of a eunuch prince in Egypt, and life for her was miserable. Now, before we look at the story of Potiphar's wife and not Joseph, that's the title of the sermon, Potiphar's wife and not Joseph, because that is really where we're going here. There is an interlude in Genesis 38 between the end of Genesis 37, when Joseph goes to Egypt to Potiphar's house, and Genesis 39, when Potiphar's wife casts her eyes on Joseph. Let's not ignore the interlude found in Genesis 38. It gives us the story of Judah's marriage to an Adulamite woman who bore him sons through her called Er, Onan, and Shelah. Remember the story of Er, Onan, and Shelah? We'll not go through that in great detail, but what a story. Er married Tamar, whose name means palm tree in Hebrew, fruitful palm tree. Boy, is she anything but that until the Lord works it out or circumstance moves in her favor. The Bible says Er was evil and God slew him. He just took his life. And so Er's brother Onan had the duty of raising up children through Tamar. It's called the Leverite principle of where the next of kin would raise up an heir there, and thus the name would not be forgotten. That was just the way it was. So Er's brother Onan had the duty of raising up children through Tamar, but he didn't do it either, and he acted wickedly, and God slew him also. Two down and one to go. I mean, Judah's running out of sons. Judah told Tamar to live like a widow until Shelah grew up, and then he would do the duty of raising up children for her. And that was a way of putting her off so she would never have children because everyone who comes around her dies. And Judah's thinking, I don't want anyone interacting with you. So he said, just live like a widow. Shelah's name, his third son in Hebrew means disappointment. And no doubt Tamar, the palm tree, was very disappointed that Judah didn't raise up children since it was his duty as the patriarch of the family to make sure that she didn't go childless into the future. Now in this sense, she's similar to Potiphar's wife. In the story, Judah's wife, Shua, dies. And after the funeral ends, Judah goes down to Timnah. Tamar hears about his pilgrimage and she dresses herself up. She puts a veil on. She dresses like a prostitute incognito and she goes down to the same place. And so as she is dressed up as a prostitute, she tricks Judah into laying with her so she can have a son with him. It's really an amazing story. I mean, it's like Jerry Springer stuff. I don't watch Jerry Springer, but I used to when I was younger, you know, non-Adventist, this kind of thing. I'm aware of it in our culture. I don't like it, but it's like Jerry Springer stuff. It's really a sad story, but accurately recorded in Scripture. Now, why would the Bible record this kind of thing? Because the Bible doesn't whitewash truth. The Bible shares truth with us, and this really happened. I find a great deal of courage when the Bible interacts with the stories of people who had really strange stuff going on, and God loves them and works with them. Doesn't that give you a little hope if you've got strange stuff in your family? Oh, i got strange stuff in my family. Praise God for a story like this. Now, when she shows up pregnant in time... Judah is quick to have her burned to death. He's moving to have her executed. The righteous Judah. 
until Tamar provides the proof that Judah is the father of the children in her on the way. Aha, got the goods on you, daddy. Judah's response to Tamar is found in Genesis. Look at Genesis 38, 26. Then Judah acknowledged them and said, she is more righteous than I. I mean, he's not righteous at all. I mean, he can't even say the truth in that. She is more righteous than I, and as much as I did not give her to my son Shalah, and he did not lie with her again. Now, does this story matter? Yes, it does. Tamar, named the palm tree, had twins by Judah, Perez and Zerah. And when you go to Matthew chapter 1, you look at the genealogy in the Gospel of Matthew. According to Matthew, Jesus comes to us through Tamar and Perez. Isn't that amazing? Christ adopts that troubled element and makes it part of his sacred line to save us from our sins. Huge. The story of Tamar and Judah focuses on the unfaithful and immoral son who stayed with his father Jacob while Joseph went down to Egypt because they hated him. So let's not forget the interlude in Genesis 38 has a big bearing on the context of Genesis 39. Joseph will also be tested, but unlike the slippery Judah, Joseph will not fail the test when Potiphar's wife approaches him. Thus, Genesis 38 is the story of Tamar and Judah, but Genesis 39 is the story of Potiphar's wife and not Joseph. There's a contrast here. Before we are too hard on Judah, boy, it'd be easy to be hard on Judah, self-righteous, pharisaical, hypocrite kind of leader. Before we're too hard on Judah, let us not forget that Jesus loved Judah, that God loves all his children, And let us not forget that Judah will himself rise to greatness in the longer narrative of the story of Joseph. He will manifest a selfless quality that will make him the sacred line of the Messiah. And why is this the case? Because God works in the lives of both of these men. The consistent life of Joseph, where you can't find anything wrong once he enters Egypt, where he gets it all right. And the life of Judah, where he has to learn to get it right by failing. God is in the storyline of both individuals. Friends, we worship a God of grace. Let us not forget this. We worship a God of grace and kindness who loves the sinner because he doesn't look at us as sinners. He looks at us as his children to be saved. And he strives for us. He loves us. And he is in the journey to salvation ultimately as the great God of the road. He's with us. Turn with me to Genesis 39, verse 1, where the story of Potiphar's wife and not Joseph begins. That's really the title, Potiphar's wife and not Joseph. Verse 1, Genesis 39, now Joseph was taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, huge statement, and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hands. Friends, Joseph moves from abuse at the hands of his brothers and escaped from death in a pit in Dothan, which means the divine decree or the decree, dot, it's built off the ancient word dot, it means law or decree. So it looked like he was doomed, decreed to live in a pit, and he has a reversal of fortunes in Egypt. Potiphar's name is Egyptian, and it means he who is a gift of Ra, or he who is put in place by Ra. 
Ra was the sun god who was born every day in the east and died every day in the west. So as the sun rose, Ra was born, the sun set, Ra died. The Sphinx was aligned directly from west to east to greet the sun god. I don't know about you, I've had a chance to be studying the ancient pyramids of Egypt. I am personally convinced that the Great Pyramid represents a technological feat of advanced civilization, perhaps even pre-flood. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. There is some evidence it may have been totally covered by water in the past. We do not know. But the Sphinx was aligned directly from west to east to greet the sun god. And Ra, whose name was Ra, and thus the Sphinx represented the god Ra. Potiphar's name means he who is a gift of Ra. The Hebrew word saris for eunuch, as I've said, is used again right here in Genesis 39 verse 1. If you take the Hebrew literally, it says that Potiphar was a eunuch of Pharaoh. In verse 1, Potiphar was captain of the guard, which like Ashpenaz, he was the prince of the eunuchs in Daniel 1. So similar roles, exact same Hebrew title, eunuch. Three times the word Lord is used in verses 2 and 3. When I see numbers or repetition, it catches my attention. When you think of the Lord in the number 3, what do we think of? What comes to our mind naturally? Interact with me. The Trinity, you got it. The word Lord with all capital letters in the Hebrew Bible means Yahweh, Jehovah. And what is that, Pastor Mike? Well, that's the covenant name of God. It's the name that describes God's moral qualities, his character, that which is his law, the law, covenant, dimension, name of God, Yahweh. And very often it's mixed in the Genesis account with God, Yahweh, Elohim, Lord God. And Lord is placed before God because in the thinking of the inspired writer that God gave, obviously, it is more important to know God as a covenant friend than to know that he exists as God. Because his power means nothing if he doesn't love us, if he's not personal in our lives. And so the Lord is Yahweh Elohim in Genesis 1 to 3 until there's a break in the narrative. And the covenant name of God is Yahweh. It's the name that was revealed at the burning bush to Moses. I am that I am Yahweh, the Lord. All capital letters is my name to be remembered throughout all generations. When we remember God's name, what does it mean? Isaiah says, when we remember that name, we remember that God is with us. God says, I wanted to be called by my name. Here am I. Now, God told Moses, I am that I am. Well, what does that mean? It means I am here as a loving covenant God. I keep my promises to love. I have come down. I have heard the affliction of my people in Israel. I will reveal my name in the Exodus because I'm a God who cares, a God of grace. I intervene in your life. So it says that the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It says again, the Lord was with him. It says a third time, the Lord caused all that he had to prosper. Here the word Lord is used, as I've said three times, we have the Trinity at play in the life of Joseph. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all that is the Lord, the triune God that is one, was working in Joseph's life to make it all pan out. Verse 2 says that Joseph became a successful man. How many of you like to be a success at your business? Come on. Honest hands go high. 
All right, I want to be a success. Success cannot be defined by whether or not somebody else likes what I do. Success is defined by whether or not God approves of what we do. In this verse, the nature of true success is here defined by God's presence in Joseph's life. Success is not just making it in life. Success is not just being successful because success without meaning is in fact failure. People jump off of roofs and bridges because they achieve great things and they feel like a failure. Joseph's success is rooted in the fact that God was with him. Dear heart, if God is with you and it looks like you are a failure... I guarantee you, based on the story of Joseph's life, that you are in the eyes of God a true success. Did you hear what I said? To succeed in life, it matters what God thinks more than others. So we must seek the presence of the living Lord in our lives because there is no success that matters in the end if God is not with you in your journey. A number of years ago, I remember a young man who was here at Reaching Hearts. He grew up with my boys, went on. His dream was to work for NASA and the rocket propulsion center in Southern California. He wanted to work with the future Mars missions and the like. And that's an amazing dream for a little guy from Reaching Hearts International Church, right? He went to University of Maryland. He got his degree in physics or something like that. He was a mathematical genius, musical genius, savant as well. Just an amazing young man. But all of this came crashing down just as he was getting ready to graduate. One of the professors says, you will have to take your exam on the seventh day Sabbath. And he came to me, he says, Pastor Mike, what do I do? I says, what do you think you should do? Now, we've studied the Bible together. We've gone through Dan Revelation. He had been baptized here in this church. And now his faith was on the line, like Daniel in Babylon. He says, I know what I need to do. I need to do the right thing. That means I may fail my entire degree and all come to an end. I said, you may. You may, in fact, fail. They may not accept this. I will work with you. I will write a letter. I'll do whatever I can. And in the end, your fate is in God's hands. But God won't let you down. And he put God to the test. The instructor gave him a hard time. He kept at it. So finally he gave in. And he took that test on another day. He passed it well. Guess where he's working? Right there in Southern California for NASA. He has been managing the rovers on the surface of Mars. God honored this young man's commitment. He was a Daniel in his day at the University of Maryland as part of our collegiate outreach. Friends, there is no success that matters in the end if God is not with you in your journey. You make the right choices, you succeed on God's pathway for your life. In verse 3, Potiphar, who was named after the god Ra, saw that he prospered because the Lord Yahweh, not Ra, was with Joseph. Joseph's God made the difference in his house and not his God raw. Right here you can see the positive effect that the faithful life of Joseph had on the Egyptian Potiphar and his view of religion. The very first time God shows up in the Bible as Yahweh the Lord, with all capital letters, it appears for the first time in Genesis 2-4. If you take your Bibles and go there, you will see it's the very first time in the Bible we see the word L-O-R-D, all capital letters, Jehovah Yahweh. Why is it there? The Bible says God blessed the seventh day Sabbath just before verse 1 and 2 and 3. That God was revealed then in the Sabbath and that his covenant character was manifest in the Sabbath. And by the way, the word seven in Hebrew means oath. It's a synonym for covenant. Thus the Sabbath is the oath day, the covenant day, the blessing day of God. And no sooner do you have a covenant oath day blessing day with God in the day according to Moses later on then you suddenly have the covenant name Yahweh, the Lord God. When the Lord Jehovah shows up in the Sabbath day, 
we can share the blessing of his presence. In Matthew 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jehovah Yahweh God shows up again. This time not at Sinai. He shows up as Jesus Christ in the Sermon on the Mount. And Christ says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are, blessed are. And he keeps on saying, blessings. Friends, we worship the Lord God who is in the blessing business in our life. Did you hear me there? We worship the Lord God who's in the blessing business. We are not called to a miserable outcome. We're not called to be ruled by the fate and conniving of other people. We are called to be blessed because of our relationship with God. Men and women who choose God and his word over the world will receive a blessing from God because in the end, the Lord our God is the greatest blessing of all in our life. Turn to Genesis 39 verse 4. So Joseph found favor in his sight, Potiphar's sight, and attended him. And he made him an overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. And from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in house and field. You know, if your employer fires you, if you are not hired because you put the Lord first in your life and you choose to keep the Sabbath, and that's an impediment for your employer, or if you're fired because of your honesty level is high, I find that I have worked with people over the years and we can all err because defensiveness can be by its very nature intrinsically dishonest. But when someone in a position of leadership or someone deliberately misleads others, I have found in my own ministerial experience, never go with that. Never allow someone because of their position to create a false narrative Always hold them to the facts. Now realizing we all interpret them differently. For the sake of the truth. Because we're not people of the truth, we fail and fall in life, don't we? And so if you have to choose between a job with a dishonest employer, and you have to choose between being unemployed, choose being unemployed, that employer is losing out because the honest blessing of God is missing in their business because they didn't hire you. When you are faithful to God, God is in the blessing business for you and the employer. God will bless you. He will bless those who work for you. And that is a double blessing that always comes when we are faithful to him. That will conclude the first portion of Potiphar's Wife and Not Joseph, Pastor Mike's message for this week. Join us again next time when we conclude this message. Thanks for listening. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening, and we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.